welcome to another edition of Puck Talk, Spider Jack, right here, along with Axe. Axe, how are you doing today? Doing well. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. That's right. It's been a muggy week, hasn't it? It's been very muggy. We're looking at 81 degrees here in Greencastle right now. We're here to cool you off. Yeah. Hockey talk. <laughs> yeah. Listening to Puck Talk on 91.5 FM. So, how has your week been, man? It's I mean, been, I mean, just in ge- we'll get to hockey in a second. Yeah. It's been good. I've been recruiting for DePaul this week, traveling mm-hmm. all over Indiana. So, some road trips each night in the evening. Very uh, fun. Very fun. So, feeling good. Yeah. Feeling good, though. Yeah. Been uh, writing some essays. Been trying to keep up with uh, school and everything. But we have... Finally, something to talk about. Hockey has come back. That's right, everybody. Rookie camp has started. Training camp starts this week. People are reporting in, getting their ice time, figuring out can they make that NHL roster. Which, that is a great segue because we have a caller in. Danielle Denena, Penalty Box Radio, based in Nashville, Tennessee, is going to talk Preds rookie camp. She was there all weekend, interviewed some players, had a great time. There was a lot of great coverage. But we have a couple of... More on that coming up soon. Yes, we will call her in after 15 minutes. (laughs) Clock starts now. Clock starts now. Um, But we have a couple minor headlines that we wanted to talk about. Just before we got into the meat of the show, Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin. OVOs. The news (laughs) that... You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the news that there was a tweet sent out that he... Fell on the ice in excruciating pain and had to be helped back into the locker room. And yeah, we thought it looked looked like it could be grizzly. And you know what he did? Ten minutes later, he's back on the ice. Skating. He's back on the ice. And not only that, later on that week, what I was referring to, he's <laughs> he's he's trying to give yeah. his box cereal to, to kids. To kids. And the best part is the video that I think NHL or maybe it was the Washington Capitals shared <laughs> of Ovi Alex Ovechkin. Phenomenal Russian hockey player, for those of you that don't know. Big, burly guy. Yeah. He's walking around in a full cart of the cereal that he's made. And he's going through an elementary school, it looks like. And he walks into class. Kids are having lunch. And he, in kind of broken Russian English, is trying to to peddle his OVOs. And the kid reaction, it's only like a 30-second bit. But the kid reaction is almost non-existent. <laughs> and, and his face kind of drops. And he's like, OVOs! Anybody? <laughs> and then it ends. I really is. wish, because it looks terrible. I wish, I wish we had another two or three minutes to get, like, the student reaction. Because it looks like he just barges into, like, an elementary school class. Can we get this him, man a resume in here? Trying to give him cereal. Can we get this man a resume? Right. Stanley Cup champion, yeah. Alex Ovechkin. I've... It's got to be in the D.C. era. They they have to know who he is, but the reaction is perfect. So if you haven't seen that, look it up. Um, but, yeah, thank goodness um, Alex Ovechkin can continue to be the captain. And whew, Man, that was, that was scary to see that. Yeah, definitely. Hey, you know what I want to know? Why do teams not cover him on the power play? Right. And well, you is, know what's going to happen. Right, Alex Ovechkin. If, if you watch him at all, especially on the power play, he camps in one particular slot of the ice. Top of the left face-off circle. He will drop to one knee and tee up any shot. Top left corner. Every time. Every single time. You know it's going to happen. The best, like, you know, he's been, what, in the league leading 
goal scorer for now 13 plus years yeah so anybody any casual hockey fan knows what he's about to do yeah you can see it coming no he's he done just, it so many times he his just highlight, sets up his highlight reel consists of that one shot oh my gosh he can do more but he is most comfortable just right there right if i if he doesn't play any other minutes on the ice i'm putting him on the power play right. sticking him right, right there and then you know what's going to happen he's going to do his ridiculous celebration and he does like a trot and jumps into a wall exactly so he just gets so amped but yeah teams are like trying to take the puck away from teams you know i guess i mean what is the mindset there are they just like you know what he's gonna score if he gets the puck anyway do we might as well just not cover him and try to get the puck away from him i think the reality is he prob he does a lot of work oh to without get a doubt because i mean people know that any scouting report knows that i think he just moves so well mm-hmm. and people know to feed it to him because sometimes he gets some crazy angles, you know, oh, where yeah. people, while he is open, the original thought, there's no way they're getting that pass over there. No way. But they get it to him, and he buries it. I I mean, even against the best goaltenders. Right. If there's one shot that you don't want to allow. Right. It's that shot. Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> it's a good so thing he's healthy. It's good for the league. Yeah, no kidding. And I hope for the league's sake that they get more exposure and more coverage so kids don't look I know. drastically confused. Right. right. So when you buy a cereal. Into, yeah. Just, sure you put a lot of work into it. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, you know. You we'll know have what? our stat people look up and see what, what actually what consists of uh, an OVO. I just, I, I'm willing to bet that he just got a box of plain Cheerios. I think that and, is what it is. Yeah. And took like red construction paper. <laughs> Shocker. I have, to, I have to really do some digging. <laughs> it doesn't show up instantly on... Uh, Oh, boy. Our stat people are looking into it. Oy vey, Alex Ovechkin. Some other headlines. Just uh, just yesterday, Logan Couture named captain of the Sharks. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Joe Pavelski is with the Dallas Stars now. So he's in the Central Division, not in the um, Pacific Division anymore. So, uh, Couture, would you have picked anybody else to be the captain? I don't think so. You don't think so? For the Sharks? Yeah. Why, don't, why not like a I guy mean, maybe, like Evander Kane? Yeah. Yeah. Kane's good. I would probably pick like a Brent Burns. Yeah. But, um, you know, just to have... I'm kind of kind of surprised. I get they're probably wanting to bring in the new life. Mm-hmm. Kind of sure they didn't give Jimbo Joe... He tried it. One Remember more that? I know. He tried it, and then yeah. it was removed from him. That's okay. I so maybe he was just line. a really bad captain. Yeah. I don't know how you get... Because I know that we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They gave him that one year. They did sign him back. Mm-hmm. Joe Thornton. Been there forever. Um, I think it's just hard sometimes to have that defensive mindset player. Tradition, you know, you have some in the league. Mm-hmm. Typically, lately, right. it's been a forward who's a captain. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of thought that they experience wins. Mm-hmm. I always kind of assumed that in a locker room. Yeah. But maybe not. I think maybe it's time that, hasn't been there long enough. You know, maybe it's time. Because this will be a second or third season since coming over from I think so. the Jets. Yeah. Right? But still, it's like, it's a Vander Kane. Oh, he's a season. Absolutely. I mean, he dropped the gloves with, uh, was it Chara? I think you're right. And he dropped the gloves. Like, he's but not you've afraid. you've got two feet. Yeah, no, it didn't work out. Two feet to work with. <laughs> or work against, I should say. Hey, Charles is a big boy. Yep. I don't know why he decided to Seven pick that footer. fight, but he did. That's always the best in uh, Shell. Yeah. Using Chara. 
in any <laughs> video game to lay it out on people. And I, I love the the Bruins dynamic. I think it's great to see. Uh, you've got Brad Marchand, mm-hmm. and if you put him next to Daniel Char on the same team, it's like is you this, got a guy who's just pushing five foot and then a seven footer. Like, is this the Boston the ice, Bruins on the ice mice at the same time? Men, you right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I like. I like Couture as the captain of the Sharks, but um, I don't know. Some other options might have been Kane. It might have been Burns, like you said. Mm-hmm. Burns was voted the best defenseman. Is that right? In the NHL. Dang. So, how about that? I don't know. Is Will he serve as an alternate captain this year, do you think? I would think so. Has he not been prior? I or think I've, he has I been. I feel like he's had the A. But, hey, you know, I'm not... I'm not a... Sharks expert, right? Right. Never now, Joe Pavelski was the the previous captain, right? Yes. So they have moved a lot of they captains. Have, they have, and it could have been Tomas Hurdle. I mean, too, yeah. Too how young. about that playoff performance? Right. He'll definitely, those, yeah, he definitely has a good chance of being a leader on that team in a few more years, without a doubt. Um, I don't know. Let's, yeah, I guess I guess the only other argument I'm looking at the roster: Martin Jones, maybe. Yeah, but you're not going to put yeah. a goalie as a no. captain no. ever. No, I, I'd be curious for a later segment how many goalies, goalie captains. Yeah, that'd Did be. <laughs> he'd be the only one that might yeah. get an alternate captain, right? In recent memory, maybe maybe Waugh, mm-hmm. Patrick Waugh back in the day, maybe yeah. Yadne, of those legendary goalies. Still, captains are meant to play every single day. Goalies are not meant to start every game. Right, that's true. You do need somebody who's on the ice mm-hmm. who can work across the team. Is it better to have a forward or a defenseman as a captain? I tend to think forward. Really? I do. Now, I are you thinking, though, a defenseman vision-wise? Because I, I can see the argument, like, a captain who's playing defense can't yeah. see the entire play. They can tell people, no, you were actually, you were way out of position. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a forward-based captain is typically in the mix. Well, They're, would you rather have somebody, somebody laying behind or leading the charge? I think leading the charge. You think leading the charge. I but think laying so, behind. I know. Okay. Hot take. Well, we're debate, take. debate right now. <laughs> let's let's Mix, take a, let's take a, yeah, a battle in the booth right now. <laughs> no, and I think I, we'll talk more about this. I think it's probably my bias knowing a forward captain in the Penguins Fair most enough. of my time. And that's, that's why I'm basing that on for sure. Okay. We're going to take a 15-second break, and we're going to call in Danielle here in just a few seconds. So. Thank you for tuning in. And once again, this is Puck Talk on 91.5 FN WGRE. Talk to you soon, hockey fans. Hey, guys, this is Angelica, your program director, and you're listening to WGRE 91.5, your sound alternative. What a strange, strange promo. Hey, that was a winner. That was the winner, I guess. Well, you know, um, okay. <laughs> Ripping promos apart. We can't. Come on. <laughs> Pick your fights. Hey, she scheduled me. It's not like she can take me off the schedule now. So, okay. Back to your point on defensemen or Yeah, forward. so we were talking a little bit. For those of you tuning in now, we were, we were speaking a little bit about which is the better or more preferred hockey captain. There's two schools of thought. You can have a leader who's a forward, mixing it up, always on uh, the aggressive side of the play. But you can have multiple different types of captains, and that's the cool thing about hockey. You can have the leader who can be leading the charge all the time. You can also have a captain who's maybe a little more subtle, 
um, and, and pick up picks up their leadership style by, I don't know, working well with the teammate, being that mesh glue person. Right. But with the defenseman argument, I completely get that, though, just as we're talking about it, because you, you have that vision of the play. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of successful defensive-based captains. Oh, without a doubt. So, I feel like we're kind of going to go back and forth on this. I feel like we need a third source. Party. Oh, cool. So, Do you have such power? I have such power, Ben, as a matter of fact. Uh, welcome to the show, Danielle. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me on today. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, it has been an eventful week in Preds Rookie Camp. Talk to us, but we want you to settle an argument real quick about what would be better to have, a forward captain or a defenseman captain? I think that's a very brief question. It really depends on the player. Um, It depends on the team's dynamic, too. Like, what team would you be referring to? Any team at all. Any team at all. Variables aside, you're absolutely right. There's, There's a lot... A lot that goes into making that decision alone of who who you believe on your squad can lead the team. But just playmaking style of that role, typically, what's your preference? And I get a, I, I get a sense that you're saying that we're just... Ben, Ben's a Pens guy, so of course he's going to say the forward <laughs> captain because of Crosby. I don't know. I it like, works. I like the defenseman aspect. I feel like guys like... Uh, Charlie McAvoy would be a great captain one day for the Bruins. What What are your specific thoughts? Honestly, I'm leaning more towards a forward captain. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Have, Jack, I'm sorry, but if you have a player who has skill on the puck and can create plays and open up the ice and kind of just lead the rest of the team to the net, I would go with a forward. But at the same time, I'm not going to say... I would only want forward captains for every team and in every situation because look uh, okay look I call you on I call you on you're my friend from Nashville perfect I call you on and you immediately agree with the person you haven't even met in person yet this is ridiculous I apologize unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable okay (laughs) so Danielle going back to rookie camp finally something to talk about in the hockey world right Yes, finally. Finally, it's back. It's back. What is what is one guy, one guy that really stood out to you in with the Preds rookies? Ellie Tolvanen, no questions asked. Really? Yeah. I mean, he came out to media earlier in the week and was talking about how he had lost the weight, toned up his body, and that's the first thing that I noticed with him was how lean he had gotten. And what I saw on the ice was a quicker Ellie Tolvanen, a more skilled Ellie Tolvanen, a more aggressive Ellie Tolvanen. He was taking hits along the boards, going straight for the pucks. He was not afraid to use his body. And that's something that back in June in development camp, I questioned was his aggression because he would just sit and wait for the puck to hit his stick. He would never go out and create plays and open up windows. He would just wait for his teammates to create plays. And that's something that he was doing this past weekend was he was going after the puck, chasing the puck, going to the boards, going to the net. He was all over the ice, and it seemed like his lighter body was something that he was really using to his advantage, and I was very impressed. That's incredible. That'll be fun to watch. That sounds like, yeah, he's gotten lean and can now mm-hmm. keep up a little bit more and create create some more opportunities. So, so here's the question that I have. You have guys like Austin Watson, Mika Salamaki, 
Preds guys that are bottom six that honestly have not done very much in either the postseason or the regular season over the past couple of years. And then you got a guy yeah. like Tolvanen, who's been a prospect that many Preds fans have been watching for about two or three years now. He finally comes back. The one I the thing I noticed about Tolvanen is that he looks like an NHL player because he lost that much weight. So in your, in your opinion, is Tolvanen a better option than what you're getting with Austin Watson and Mika Salamaki? I would put Tolvanen... My opinion with Tolvanen in a roster spot is I need to see more out of him before I make that decision. Right. I need to see some consistency with his aggression and his consistent consistency consistency. Wow, <laughs> with this style of play, before I would put him over Austin Watson and Mika Salamaki. But what I saw was the potential out of Veli to potentially make this team. Okay. Do you think he cracks opening night roster? Maybe not opening night. But right. I could, I would not be surprised if he did crack the roster at some point in the first half of the season. Okay. If he keeps that consistency up. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, there was another player that you uh, talked a lot about. Um, I cannot pronounce his name for the life of me. I'm still kind of new let to this. Me, let me take a guess here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it starts with an A. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm completely botching this. I'm completely Igor botching Afanasiev? this. Yes, that guy. Yes, that guy. I have, I have mispronounced that guy's name so many times. I love guys like Roman Yossi because that is an easy <laughs> name to pronounce. <laughs> right? I love that guy. But what are your thoughts on that prospect? Seriously, like... He came in and he tore it up from what I read. No, he did. He came in and told media that his intention was to show out this past nice. weekend at the showcase. And that's exactly what he did. For being an 18-year-old kid, like, I honestly could not say enough good about him. He, he has that big body and he has the capability to create plays and he's skilled on the puck. Wherever you need him to be on the ice, he will be there as quick as he can get there. And no matter what, he'll always find a way to capitalize. He goes to the front of the net, and he won't leave the net until he knows that a puck's gone in or that the team's just doomed and he needs to go play some defense. But he does that because he has so much skill, and he's so versatile with how he skates. He's so impressive to watch. That's big. That awareness is pretty key. Someone that'll stick with the play, right. won't give up on it. And you're talking right there, an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. I think they definitely have a good shot at cracking that roster. Just having that youth depth, mm-hmm. should they get into a rut and need to bring anybody. I think we've seen that a lot, where you bring up a young guy once or twice in the year, mm-hmm. see how it works, and you know you have him in the postseason, too, when guys get tired. Tolvanen was brought up in December last year, and he scored his first NHL goal on a backhand shot mm. on, I believe, Cam Ward. I believe it was him. So we've talked about Cam Ward yeah, a little bit. Right. But Tolvanen showed that he has improved dramatically from being on North American ice. Just, I mean, just spending time in Milwaukee. He didn't exactly do produce phenomenal numbers in Milwaukee in his brief stint there. But I believe he has come back with a vengeance. 
And no, I definitely believe so too. And something else that I saw out of him was his intelligence on the ice increased drastically. Yes, he was able to navigate, which he wasn't able to do in Milwaukee and whenever he first joined the Predators. Mm-hmm. That uh, overtime goal against the Capitals, right? It was two mm-hmm. to two, and he went the. That was the most. Um, I, when he went to the area on the ice that was open, right, you had um, two capital defenders on one guy and then slides it across, and there's Tolvanen on the right, in the right faceoff circle, one-timed at home for the OT winner. That's That sign of maturity, that sign of, you know, trusting your teammates and then finding the open area on the ice, I think that shows a lot of sign of maturity, and I think that that will help him a little bit down the road. Sure. And, and if he if he didn't have it before, he had it after. Without a doubt. Being in that situation and knowing what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And just finding the open areas of the ice. What he's doing away from the puck, right? Is that what you noticed, Danielle? It is. Ely was so consistent. He would... A puck could be on the other end of the ice, and he would just sit back and read the play. He wasn't too quick. He was... It's just he was so mature. You said maturity, and that's the main thing that I noticed from him. It's like he's adapted to the American rink, and now he's able to navigate, and he's just – this is the new and improved Ellie Tolvanen, and I, I could not be more impressed. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And just a couple other quick questions. Is there any other guy that you didn't expect – because we obviously had expectations about uh, Ely Tolvin, and we had expectations that he would come in, that he's going to try and fight for that roster spot. What was the one guy that just kind of came out of nowhere? If I'm being honest, I would have to say Igor Afanasyev. Yeah. I was expecting him to have a solid weekend, but the way that he came out in that final game, I was very impressed. But besides Igor, I would have to go with probably Rem Pitlick or Anthony Richard. Mm-hmm. Or Thomas Novak. All of them were enforcers. They were definitely enforcers. There was a lot of physicality from the rookies that I saw, and they were main parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the first game. Anthony Richard and Ellie Tolvanen both dropped the gloves. Wow. In the video on my Twitter, but Dang. it was extremely intense, and they were both <laughs> big, big components of that. Right. <laughs> Putting everything on full display. <laughs> Showing oh, off yeah, the arsenal. Wow. Any Anyone that you thought didn't show up any yeah okay any let's play the other side of that that's a really good question i wasn't not impressed by anybody if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. i thought that the entire team looked very good there weren't any plays where i went dang that was awful (laughs) like there were no moments where i was like you should probably get off the ice now i was just impressed overall with everybody um, I know that Dante Fabro didn't skate a couple of games. He just skated one, I think. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But I was I was impressed. I really was. Hey, if you're incorrect about information, I didn't even know how to pronounce Igor's name. So that's you're you're totally in the clear here. It's I'm okay. Not, yeah. You're not you're not gonna get fired. You're not gonna like <laughs> you'll still come back on the show. So awesome. One last thing before we got to go to break. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Former Nashville Predator Kevin Fiala. This will segue into our next segment. Former Nashville Predator Kevin Fiala signs a two-year, $6 million contract with the Wild. He had 39 points in 83 games. 
and overall took a lot of heat from Preds fans and the coaching staff. What are your thoughts on Kevin Fiala's signing back with the Wild? I'm hoping that for Kevin personally, it's a good thing. I think that in the locker room, he probably fits better in Minnesota from what I could tell from the scrum and practice with Victor Arvidsson and just the way that he would interact with his teammates in Nashville. It seems like he was like a cancer in the locker room. Hmm. He just didn't seem to fit the mindset of the team. And in Minnesota, he was only there for a brief amount of time last year, but I think that he has the potential to fit that team mindset better. And I'm hoping that that's something that leads him to personally a better career when he's there. Yeah, only, only 23 years old, still young, and yeah. uh, who they traded him for was Mikael Glenlin, who, in my opinion, was the more mature Kevin Fiala. I would agree with that. Not much producti- productivity, but... You're just a playmaker, agree. just driving play. Yeah. Well, Danielle... Thank you so much. Once again, that is Danielle Danella. She is a prospect reporter and a uh, Preds reporter for Penalty Box Radio back in Nashville, Tennessee. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that you had a great time. Yeah, I did. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah. We'll definitely bring you back to Puck Talk sometime soon. Without a doubt. All right. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Once again, you're listening to 91.5 FN on WGRE. Paralyzed veterans who have seen war, they're going to need voices. They're going to need advocates. Paralyzed Veterans of America is here to help. We're going to make sure that the Veterans Affairs gives them everything that they're entitled to. Get all the health care they need. Making a person's house adaptable for them to go back home and live. Education benefits. And we also focus on getting them a job. And if something happens to the veteran, then, you know, we're the spouse's advocate. We help our veterans for free. The way that Paralyzed Veterans of America does that is through their national service officers that are located throughout the United States. Our work is important because people depend on us. And they know when they come to Paralyzed Veterans of America, they're going to get the right answer. And they know that we are there for them 24-7. Because we are. Changing lives, building futures. That's Paralyzed Veterans of America. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Axe. Welcome back, hockey fans. Welcome back. And as we talk to Danielle Danena, very intelligent, very awesome insight. Awesome insight on the Preds rookie camp. From the ground down in Nashville. Yes. We talked about Kevin Fiala for the last question. Right. Signs two years, six million. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a good contract for the Wild. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. As we talked to, we kind of ended the last segment. He's young, which is nice. Right. Six million is a lot for two years. Considering yeah. his average pay beforehand was just in that 800 mark. Right. So he's he's net a, a little more than what he did last year. So clearly Minnesota had the space, mm-hmm. and we're looking to pick him up. Bill Guerin, former, uh, former Penguin coach, and he's now managing and leading the helm, I think, down in Minnesota. So yeah, that'd I, be a, one of the early pickups under his watch. I'm not entirely sure about this contract, mainly because... Uh, they already offered uh, Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman, who mm-hmm. both have the same scoring capabilities yeah. that Kevin Fiala has, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just think that 39 points 
over 82 games is not worth $3 million a year. Right. Uh, It'll the, be interesting to see what, I mean, you know, you know Kevin Fiala's play a little more than I do. Is he something, you think he's a second liner, third liner? You know, that's hard to tell. Do they get some depth or can they put him into anywhere? It just, I guess it depends on what Kevin shows up, right? That's exactly right because when Fiala was um, the 20-goal scorer at two years ago, there wasn't any line I would not have put him on. And then last year, Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg go down on injury, and suddenly Fiala is on the first line with Johansson and cannot produce, consistently turning the puck over. Yeah. And he, when Victor Arvidsson gets back, he gets in a fight with him at practice. That's what Danielle was referencing. Mm. I'm not sure about the cancer in the locker room, but there was a comment that Ryan Johansson made about Fiala after he got traded. I see. That was basically, you know, once Kevin grows up, once Kevin matures. Sure. And it's... So the message is there. The message was pretty clearly sent. Yeah. And, and he wasn't he wasn't ready for that mix. I don't think with, so. With just that chemistry in that locker room in I, Nashville. I do not think so. It's interesting. Looking at this two days ago, the story comes out in the Atlantic that Bill Guerin, now GM of the Wild, right. mentioned that he hoped that Kevin Fiala would be there for training camp. And then a day later, they sign him. Yeah. Because he was that unrestricted, they didn't know if he was going to show up. And mm-hmm. clearly, management believes in him mm-hmm. and wants him there. So they into that contract. Paul Fenton wanted to give more than just Mikhail Glenland for Kevin Fiala. Interesting. Per the athletic. Yeah. So I don't know what about Fiala stood out to both these teams. To, what's, yeah. But apparently, he brings something enough to pay him. Three million a year, right? And he's still friends with a lot of the Preds guys. He showed up to Yossi's wedding this summer. Oh, nice! So, by the way, congratulations to Roman Yossi, Roman Yossi yeah. on getting married. Um, another sort in your territory, actually. Marcus Peterson Marcus signs Peterson. one one year, yeah. gets a prove it contract, right? Signs prove up, it. brings in some defense. Twenty five points. Twenty five points. Right. Over two teams and eighty four games. Not bad production. Not at all for a rising defenseman. Twenty relatively years old. young, so he'll yeah right. So he'll come in, um, probably offset some of the load, right from from Chris Letang and, and those top Pittsburgh defensemen. But I, I think that's one of the biggest things for the Penguins. It's it comes up time and time again that defense depth. Um, you know, how much longer can they take off some of the pressure and, and not right. have to worry? I mean, it was. Two postseasons ago, it was defense that gave up the the overtime winner, right, and put the Capitals on to what would be their Stanley Cup run. And then last year, we'll talk more, um, a little bit about the Penguins and how they got swept right. in round one. Yeah, I don't know. Whenever I see the Penguins roster from year to year, I just kind of think to myself, "Oh, this team has a chance to win the Cup." Of course, the core is still there. The core is still there, and what a pickup with um, Jake Gensel. I mean, I've never seen a guy have such immediate chemistry with Sidney Crosby. It's incredible, and that was so fun to watch. And a lot of that really happened two or three years ago in the postseason. Right. And he he's a young guy that they brought in, I think probably half, I can't remember the stats 
he came in halfway through that that 16 run. Mm-hmm. So what their what would be their first cut before the the second run, and he instantly clicked in there. So he's going to be in that top line. So he's again. A, he's and a part of the core him. now. He's he a is. part of oh, the yeah, core. Yeah, they inked him in for I think six years. Without a, uh, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll look and see what what the Gensel contract was. I think the biggest loss for the Penguins was Olimata, mm-hmm. young defenseman who's now part of the Blackhawks. Um, and that's just kind of the tough part. I, I think that's where you have Peterson mm-hmm. come in, yeah, to become what you could do. Because I think the reality was the, the Penguins just didn't have the cap space. Is this a Fabro Subban situation in your opinion? Oh, interesting. How do you mean? Is Olimata the diff is Oli Mata the difference maker? Is he the one that drives play? Is he the defenseman that I see? Is he the defenseman? And is I mean, obviously Peterson has to be that replacement, right? The the, the Penguins have had a slew of offense focused defensemen lately, mm-hmm. and I think it comes from the leadership. Crystal Tang immediately is one of the probably most aggressive, aside from a PK Subban, of the two way right type defenseman that will be willing to put up and do some. You know, point production. Mm-hmm. Um, Olimata, I think, was probably neutral. Okay. Um, he can do a little bit of both. Also pretty young. I think the biggest thing, it came up time and time again, where he's the guy that will give you maybe some untimely penalties. <laughs> uh, just because just because of his age. And, you know, you, you might not have right. it. Um, nothing to knock him. Um, but great, great finish player. You know, it, it'll be, it, it's, it's a tough loss. I mean, he, he's 25, and I think the Penguins were looking at it as like, okay, what more? can he offer mm-hmm. and and this quite frankly was the year uh, the penguins wanted to shake it up coming out of post you know april 16th mm-hmm. the penguins lose 4-0 in yeah. a series to the islanders they, yeah. lo- they lose 3-1 in game four and the whole series was like that game one was the only game that went into overtime mm-hmm. they lost 4-3 close in the game aside from that this couldn't bring up the points Defense wasn't. I wouldn't think. I don't think this year it was more of a defense issue. I just think it was just the point production was there. Right. And, I mean, gosh, it, it just goes back to um, coaching for the Islanders. No, oh, without just, a doubt, Barry Trotz was. Barry phenomenal. Trotz knew how to raid the Pittsburgh Penguins, having faced them so many times with mm-hmm. the Capitals and the Predators, and just over the years, and he knew he knew a playbook to bring and. And by the way, thank you for bringing that up real quick. I'm going to interrupt yes, you. Yes, please. My apologies for the horrible Barry Trotz take on the first show. What a garbage, awful take that was. Mm. So, but going back to the Penguins, the biggest signing or the biggest headline over the offseason was Phil Kessel. Right. Sent him off. Right. Phil we- Kessel is now a coyote. Coyote in Arizona. Arizona Coyotes. So... With that in mind, mm-hmm. there was a conflict right. in the locker room. Yeah, and it's come out more and more in the last few weeks. As as we're heading into training camp now, mm-hmm. Kessel and Malkin. Reporters are starting to come back. Yeah, talk to the teams. Guys are coming back from their, their postseason summer hiatus. And, and it really is clear that there was a rift growing in the Pittsburgh Penguins locker room. You can see it point production-wise. You had Malkin, who was wanting to get back and be healthy. He only played 68 games. Phil Kessel, before I go more into their dynamic, I think the biggest thing I'm going to miss from Phil Kessel, American hero, by far. <laughs> American hero. One, I, I think one of the top ten American-born players in the league right now. Yeah. Some would say probably top five, and I would I'd probably concede with that. Um, he and Amanda, his, his sister, yeah. make up an incredible, one of the best 
American duos. Without if you, a doubt. If you look at the two of them. Um, she's a phenomenal U.S. Women's National Team player. For those of you who don't know, Amanda Kessel, we can kind of bring that in in a later segment. But for Phil Kessel, regardless of, of his, you know, play, also his appearance, he doesn't look like he's a goal scorer. No, he's... I joked about earlier. The man loves hot dogs <laughs> in his shows. But that's okay. We all have our vices. He's he's got like a like a chubby face. Yeah, he looks like he kind of has a. You, if you if you saw him on the street, I, I really don't think you'd be like that. That guy is a professional hockey player. <laughs> but here's the thing: Kessel will not miss a game. <laughs> he played all 82 games this year, and while that core between Malkin and uh, Kessel, you could say it was kind of an off year for both of them. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Kessel in 82 games had 82 points. He's going to give you a oh, point game. Oh, man. What well, a garbage performance right? from yeah, Phil terrible, Kessel. Terrible. <laughs> Clearly needs to hit the weight room. Clearly needs to stop eating those hot, hot dogs. dogs. No, the guy is incredible. He will show up. Um, huge score. He had 27 goals, 55 assists. That was the difference in Phil Kessel this year. Right. He had a lot more of the playmaking, which is a good thing to see for the Coyotes to look at that he can maybe potentially jump in and lead the team. Uh, yeah. Now, I didn't Malkin, even think about that. Malkin took a huge dip this year and he's been outright saying that this was his worst year mm-hmm. he personally has taken on a huge amount of blame too much so i think this whole postseason he's been he's been blaming himself mm-hmm. on why the penguins didn't show up in round one against the islanders he mm-hmm. just knows his point production wasn't oh, wasn't there in the yeah. regular season okay and he had an incredible amount of pressure heading into the postseason because he knew quite frankly that a great postseason could wash away what stats were showing for the regular season. Yep. So I think he cracked a little bit under that pressure because he knew personally what a great postseason. Of course, this team is hungry. Mm-hmm. They know their window is still there. Mm-hmm. The core with Malkin, with Sidney Crosby, with Chris Letang. Yep. They won another cup. Why would The whole you? city. The whole city of Pittsburgh wants that. General, General Manager Jim Rutherford, Coach Mike Sullivan, that whole squad, Mario Lemieux, you name it. They won another cup. No mm-hmm. denying that. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of pressure going into this postseason. And Malkin, unfortunately, you know, in the regular season, with injury and everything all said, said and done, appeared for 68 games, only contributed 72 points, 10 fewer than Phil Kessel. Yeah. So here's what happened. There clearly was a rift in the <laughs> locker room. Yeah. Phil and Malkin were, have been line mates for the last three years. Phil Kessel will be missed. He is a two-time cup champi- champion. Phil Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion, everybody. And that might not have been in the conversation, and he brought that. That uh-huh. was a missing piece to have yeah. his production, and that's what led to the 16-17 run. But here's the thing. Complacency happens. Yeah. You, once you win two cups, back-to-back. And and those were the words immediately, day after, maybe even that evening, after the sweep from the Islanders. Uh-huh. Rutherford, Sullivan, GM and coach, immediately said something has to change this season, heading into the next one. We've got guys that are too comfortable knowing they're a two-time cup champion and it's looking like that might have been pointed in the direction of phil kessel well in kessel's defense what is every hockey player's dream win a cup win a cup and you if know what phil two, kessel, if you're lucky and you know what phil kessel did exactly he won, won two twice back to back in a row and i don't blame him Are how you, do you how do you knowing what you know and he's been in the league for a while you know with mm-hmm. with the Bruins originally, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's been on a lot of teams. And you know 
that lightning, that fire only happens a few times, yeah. even for really good teams. Exactly. We talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can dominate in the postseason, but then they don't show up. So I see it for Phil. Why? He's got two cups. Just He can't be greedy. Why, He's got to be realistic. He's getting into that point in his career. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, we're going to take a, like a 13-second break. Coach Allen is going to do a liner thing, whatever. Thanks, Coach. Okay, hold on. Just like 13 seconds. 91 FM WGRA Puck Talk. Hey, this is Blake Allen, your head baseball coach here at DePaul University, and you are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Okay, so, folks, I'm sorry. We got to do that every half hour or every 15 minutes. That one's special. That one. That, that one's, one's special. That one's special. Coach Allen's fan of the show. Coach Allen and... Uh, hey, you know what? He got really mad at me. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. So... We have a baseball group me. Okay. And I put the link of uh, him talking into oh, in the, the group me. Yeah. And he replied. Uh, he capitalized every single first letter of each word. Do not put anything in this group me that is not baseball related. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? I'm still kind of I'm I'm still recovering from getting hit by that car. Right. But I have a feeling that when I get back, I'll just be running like forty poles for mm. that one. He yeah. did a great job. He did he a fantastic. Great. I mean, that was such a cool perspective to have a fan and mm-hmm. another a coach as well. Yeah, to understand that team dynamic. But anyways, but back we were to talking the- about the Penguins. Yeah. looking at uh, looking ahead to the 2020, 2019-2020 season, and, and really, so the move was made. So here's what Kess- re- Kessel. Here's the reality: the Penguins had a few great cards to play. Mm-hmm. They wanted to move somebody. The talk was the rumor: who's going to move? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Malkin? Evgeny Malkin could easily be a star on any team. The Penguins mm-hmm. have been very fortunate to have two. They have many elite players, but they really have two of the top players in the league in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And those two, out. those two have been able to to cut, carry that load together. And, and most teams, you'd have a guy who gets hungry mm-hmm. and wants to be the number one guy. Yeah. And Malkin has been willing to do all that he can to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he's going to offer this year, like I said earlier, right. before the break, that that he he chalked up a loss, a huge one, on him mm-hmm. for this last season. So I think he's going to come back. But ultimately, the decision was made to move Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. And, and Malkin was just not meshing with them. They will continue to be good friends. He's spoken in the Atlantic and a couple other sources that, that they're best friends. Mm-hmm. But the attitudes between both of them were very different it's like if in you their play, careers. It's like if you play with your best friend on a team for many years, and then eventually it's like, okay, I love you right. as a brother. And like brothers, I can't stand you. Sure. So I'm going to go away now. Right. And that's... I don't know if would have got that far, but I did read some things this week that if, if they would have chosen Kessel, there is rumor, speculation, of course, it's all maybe Malkin moves. Right, right, right. Chooses to get out because he needs something different away from this guy as his friend, but they're just in different different state of minds. Yeah. So the big thing is, I mean, the leader, Sidney Crosby, steps up and tells Mike Sullivan, Jim Rutherford, that you got to protect Malkin. Mm-hmm. Malkin's his choice, mm-hmm. which makes sense. These are the two guys that have won three cups together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They've been there from day one. Crosby came in first. Actually, Mark Mark andre Fleury comes in first. Crosby comes in the next year. 
following Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. So those three guys have been there since early 2000s. Yeah. Well, no longer Mark Andre Fleury, but you know my point. Mm-hmm. That 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 those were the guys that they came in together, and, and it makes perfect sense. So now, the captain steps up, keeps the the two headed monster as they call it <laughs> in Pittsburgh, where they can put both those guys <laughs> on the ice. You know something pretty is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing I think the takeaway. Alex Galchenyuk comes right into the fold, not equivalent in any way to a Phil Kessel as we've talked about his production, but he's going to offset just what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be exciting to see. Yeah. Um, I like Kessel's mindset of like, okay, I've won. Yeah. And you know what? I'll go to another team and put up another 82 points. No problem. Right. But I think he will bring – I think the move also does a lot to a player mentality. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's no longer – a fire. Right. He's no longer comfortable. He has to prove himself again. Yes, he's going to enter that locker room. In Arizona, as no a problem. Two, as I'll a two score time, twenty-seven right, right. goals, as no a two-time problem. Cup champion, he he won't need to prove anything. But I think you, I think he, anybody naturally has that going into a new job, new environment. There's always a slight duplication of efforts, right? So we'll see. We'll see what Phil Kessel shows up in Phoenix. Um, I would say, I mean, he's going to be their their top guy now. Mm-hmm. I, well, I I don't I don't know. I want to discuss Malkin's perspective. Yeah. Okay. Just a little bit, and then we're going to highlight uh, Capo Caco. Yes. And Zach The young Wierenski. phenom who's tearing it up. And then Zach Wierenski, and then we will have a show. But Malkin. Malkin. So Evgeny Malkin enters the league in the 05-06 era, um, comes over. It's an incredible story, and I might feature that in a later one. Right. Malkin's journey to the U.S. from... The Continental Hockey League, the KHL, yeah. the Super League over in Russia, they smuggle him in to the U.S. <laughs> essentially. It's an incredible story. And, and I think Malkin, when Malkin hit his 1,000-point total last year, uh-huh. he broke the 1,000-point barrier and, and had the, the record and they get the golden stick and you get all yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the fun stuff the NHL does now for point totals. But a lot more stories came out about his mm-hmm. experience. And he's still... Even being in here in the U.S. for 13, 14 years, struggles with English. He still, yeah, there is a big barrier there. So I think the unfortunate truth is that Malkin had a hard time voicing his frustrations this year. Mm -hmm. He can be an aggressive guy. He can be, it's been noted, he'll be yelling at teammates on the bench. Mm Mm-hmm. Not so much publicly. He's more professional about it with coaching and management. Mm-hmm. But he'll get into scuffs with, with the general manager, with the coach, mm-hmm. in a respectable way. But the reality is he, he can't voice his concerns in any other way with that language barrier. It, it, to, to give him more credit, I mean, you could easily flip this and say, no, he's just causing a ruckus. And I, I'm feeling for him. Give Jack his laughing over here. <laughs> Empathize with me, no, with this Russian-born no, skater okay, but who's trying his hardest. Ha, okay, you have to note the, the the comedy in all of it, okay? So this dude right. has struggled his whole life. Right. He has smuggled into Russia. Right. He can't speak English. Right. He has to go out, and his only worth is on the ice. He goes in day in, days right. out, right. just pushes it every single day, 
pushing his team to two cup finals. Right. Skates with the best in the world. Three. He's got three cups. Can't yeah. even talk to the guy. Right. And he's, that doing, he's having beef with. And he's yeah. doing everything he can. And this hot dog eating American <laughs> just comes in like, wow. hey, I got two cups. I got. It I'm, changes I'm my mind. It changes my entire outlook now. You're absolutely right. So he's so mad about this. You right. know? <laughs> absolutely. No, you're right. So Malkin is, yeah. You hot dog eating American, you don't know what I've done to get here and what. Of course he'd be mad at him. His first interview in the league, and this is like a Pittsburgh local affiliate picks it up, and he scores his first goal, and it's a phenomenal interview. And he's a kid. He's 18, 19 years old. Evgeny Malkin, how does it feel to score your first NHL goal? Evgeny Malkin replies, I am score. (laughs) So I think the reality is <laughs> Malkin, you, you forget the little things. Yeah. No matter how phenomenal of a player he is, that cultural barrier, or, or is it that, that language barrier even, mm-hmm. where he's having a hard time connecting with his friend who's now getting complacent. Right. And Malkin personally is fearing, oh, my gosh, is that happening to me? Look at my point production this year. I was injured. Mm-hmm. I only played 68 games. I only put up 72 points when I should be in the 90 range. Sid put it up 100. Malkin wants to be there, too. Yeah. So now he's looking at it like, oh, my gosh, am I getting complacent? Am right. I done? I, I, I think that Malkin rebounds the season. I think Kessel does what he does in uh, Arizona. You know, it's it's just going to be typical. It's it's going to be typical for those guys to do what they do in right. their respective teams, no matter what team they're on. Right. And we're just under a month away. I can't wait. I cannot wait till the till the preseason games. Preseason, we'll have so much more to talk about. I can't about. even wait till the few, preseason yeah. games. Yeah. But um, Spider Jack, thank you for letting me uh, go on a, a tangent here on hockey for the, the Penguins. You know what? It's, I have I have hogged this show for so long. I brought one of my friends on. I talk about the Preds all the time. Oh, so you're giving me a little little more. Yeah. Thank you. You have <laughs> you have paid your dues. <laughs> thank you. Whatever. One, no, one that's, final that's thing not... on the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, you got to talk about the goalie depth for the incoming year. Mm-hmm. You've got Matt Murray, who will be entering his third year. Mm-hmm as a full-time regular season starting goalie, mm-hmm. already has two cups. He, as well, had a ton of pressure last year. Yeah. And people, fans all over the league and in Pittsburgh, got up in arms when the Penguins decided that in November they were going to send him back. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to the AHL for the whole time, more of like, look, you need a month right, to work on a few things. Because the reality is he is only... 24, 25 years old, mm-hmm. and people forget that. Yes, he's a two-time Cup champion, but he got he got those his first and second year in the league. Yeah, he's still growing as mm-hmm. a goalie. And then yeah. you have Casey Smith and Tristan Jari, two phenomenal up-and-coming younger goalies. Mm-hmm. They have a great rivalry between the two of them. I worry a little bit about what could come later down the road, but they're both very competitive and want that number one backup spot, mm-hmm. which is good to see, I think. Casey Smith got it last year. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to hold that. Mm-hmm. But Tristan Jari is a phenomenal AHL goalie right now. They have in their pocket should anything happen. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, the biggest thing is which Matt Murray shows up, and that's a easy, easy thing to throw out there. Of course you can say that, and that you could say about any player. Oh, like Kevin Fiala. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you look at... If you look at Matt Murray's season last year, he needed that time to breathe. Um, his father passed away the year prior. Um, Very sad. Got married this year. 
Congratulations. So, you know, it, it's a couple little things, and you mm-hmm. can say that that might have caused some of those rifts for him mentally. Mm-hmm. And then having that pressure as a goalie who's won two cups and the expectation for the team is we got more to win. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple quick storylines before we have to get off the air. Zach Wierenski signs with the Blue Jackets. Yep. The RFAs are falling. They are. And Toronto we, has talked to Marner, and we, they want him before opening night. Nice. We knew it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time. Pavel Zacha signs with the Devils again. Big. The Devils are just depth. Dude, they they are going all in. They are. I it's going to be scary. I, I am looking forward. The Metropolitan forward. Division will be fun to watch for any fan. I'm looking forward to it. Pavel Zaka gets a $6.7 million contract for three years. Pretty good money. Fine. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm willing to pay that Part price. of a team, too, that they're going places. Jack Hughes, Taylor. Taylor Hall, Yeah, he's going to be an RFA next year. What do they do? Yeah. Hey, you know what? He says, I'm not too concerned if the contract negotiations extend into the season. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we're buying in. Let's work. Yeah. Subban, Hughes. Right. Now Zaka. It's like, we're buying in. Right. We're ready to go. And then... Michael Stone, defenseman with the Flames. This is sort of a minor one mm-hmm. before we talk about Capo Caca for a minute 30. Uh, he has a terrible contract, has a terrible season last year. The Flames buy his earlier contract out, sign him for less than a million dollars on one year. That's just the, that is the nature of the game. Right. That's just the nature. See what happens. That is the ugly side of sports. Yeah. And we feel for Michael Stone on that. But... Right before we get off the air, Capo Caca in training camp. Right. Tearing circles it up. the net twice and wraps it around and yeah. wins it. Looks like a video game. Seriously. And the place just erupts for <laughs> yeah. training camp. I mean, it's like, is that what we're going to see? Yeah. The guys coming in top, top prospect, top draft pick. And that's a Metropolitan right. Division team. Yeah. And so Capo Caca, or yeah, Capo Caca. And Jack Hughes. The order is there. I'm not sure which order. Yeah. It, 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 yes. Right. Yep. Hey, I have botched Igor's <laughs> name. So do you Poor really? Igor. Hey, I'm just sort of, I had coffee this morning. I'm like jacked up. Yep. So it's like. Jacked is jacked, jacked up. up. Yeah, yeah, I'm jacked up. But yeah. What better ex- way to end it? <laughs> I'm excited. I am excited this year. Yeah. For the Metropolitan Division more than anything. Hockey fans, thanks for joining us. Yes. Let me set up some news here at the top of the hour, and then we will let y'all go. You've been listening to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Axe here on 91.5 <laughs> FM, WGRE, your sound alternative. Have a great weekend, everybody. Seriously. And uh, we are go so thankful. Yeah. We're so thankful that you all tune in. You know, it, it means a lot that uh, we have people that actually listen to the show. I know Dad's listening right now, so yeah, we really appreciate all the support and the anybody who listens. Yeah, we know you have a lot of choices of Midwestern just, just, hockey talk just radio. Two at, idiots from eleven from eleven to noon. We know you have a lot of, a lot just, of choices. Just two idiots just talking about whatever. You know, we self-deprecating really, humor. It's great. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And once again, this is ninety-one FM on WGRE, and we will see you all next Friday.